Welcome to the Mojo Rising podcast, where I, Julie Stevens, reveal the most powerful ways to make cancer suck less. I was diagnosed on June 14, 2022, with stage four aggressive, inoperable, and chemo-resistant colon cancer with a 14% chance of survival. By using data and the very best of conventional and traditional healing to guide my holistic approach, I was able to fully heal my stage four colon cancer in nine months. If I would have followed the standard of care offered by most American oncologists, I would be dead. I created this podcast to share everything I've learned to help you have the most enjoyable, efficient, and effective healing journey possible. If you or someone you care about is a newly diagnosed cancer patient, this is the podcast for you. For more information and to access the resources we've built for patients to make cancer suck less, please go to mojohealth.org and become a member of the Mojo Movement. Now it's time to get your Mojo Rising. Hi, everyone. This is Julie Stevens, and I just want to invite you to another very special episode of Mojo Rising, How to Make Cancer Suck Less. In this episode, I'm going to introduce you to one of my favorite human beings. She came into my life truly, and it, 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 it was magic. A neighbor stopped me on my street as I was taking a walk, trying to think through what I was going to do to build my cancer strategy. And she said, hey, I'd like you to consider something you probably have never thought about before. And it was the art of reflexology. She handed me her card and, and, and off I went. And I thought, what would a reflexologist ever do for me? I'm looking to handle, I'm looking to treat cancer. I'm looking to really dig into this and know data and all of these things. But I thought, you know, I'm willing to consider anything because I'm on a path to figure out a new opportunity and to change the game and change the odds. And so I had the opportunity to meet with, 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 the woman I'm about to introduce, and she walked into my house and absolutely floored me, not only with how scientific she was, but just her energy, her radiance, her kindness, her consideration. So I couldn't be more thrilled today to introduce you to not only one of the facilitated healers that has meant such a big deal to my health and wellness, but also someone I would say is a true friend of mine, Deepa. So Deepa, would you do a quick introduction and share with our audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thank you, Julie, for having me on today. It's, it's so lovely to be able to talk to you uh, and talk to people who are listening to us, tell them a little bit about more about reflexology and myself. I actually just stumbled on reflexology. Um, in, I've been in the um, last 30 years, I've been in the textile business. I owned a textile business. And uh, about five years ago, my father was uh, very sick in, the, in India, in the ICU. He had Alzheimer's and I did not, he didn't recognize me and I did not know how to connect with him. And instinctively, I just downloaded reflexology charts and worked on his feet for a month and a half, not knowing what I was really doing, but just to be able to do something. And the beauty of the whole thing was that two days before he passed, he recognized me for half an hour. And by that time, he had a tracheostomy. And he just looked at me and I felt him. I was reading him a book and I felt his eyes upon me. And I looked at him and he, I said, do you recognize me? And he blinked his eyes. And so for half an hour, I was able to thank him. I was able to share my thoughts with him, FaceTime with my daughters. And it was such a blessing. And within 25 to 30 minutes, he was gone. And he passed two days later. I honestly think, and I firmly believe, 
that it was through my touching of um, of his feet and pressing certain zones and just not knowing what I'm doing, but following the charts as the internet had them, um, I think I really reached him. And when I came back to the States, I wanted to honor his memory. And I straight away started, said, the only way to honor his memory is to be able to do something that, that I think I was able to help him with. And so I Googled the schools and the, one, the best school in Atlanta just, just popped up and I signed up for classes, um, took my basic training in 2019, 2018, sorry, took my advanced training in 2019, um, got nationally certified in 2019. And um, I've just, it's just never stopped. The learning has never stopped. The world of reflexology fascinates me. I can, um, it's, it's amazing. One of my favorite things about you is how much of a lifelong learner you are. And Deepa, correct me if I'm wrong, but you actually come from a family of health, in the healthcare industry. Is that correct? Your father actually was in the healthcare world. Yes. My father was a surgeon with the Indian Army. And uh, my, brother's a, my brother's a doctor. My sister-in-law's a doctor. So yeah, I come from a very medical background. So what I'm doing right now is very much in line in what my family has been in. That's great. So now um, I know a little bit about your history, but for our listeners, let's talk a little bit about where you went to learn. So you mentioned you went to a school here in Atlanta, but I know you had, didn't start stop here where we live, but you actually expanded your, your education even across oceans. So can you share a little bit more about where you've gone to understand how you can serve the people differently? I started my training at the Heal Center of Atlanta, studied on a one of the finest reflexologists and the most compassionate reflexologists I know. Her name is Roz Zollinger. She's run the school for 30 years. So I did my basic and my advanced training under her. I, under her teaching is how I certified in the national, uh, national board. And after that, I just, I had a, a very close friend that had breast cancer and I wanted to help her. So I went ahead and took a reflexology lymphatic drainage from Sally Kay, and she's from England. And her course is so very well recognized all over the world. In fact, it's gotten, it's got recognition from the Nurses Association of Britain. And she's published all over the world. I was really uh, blown away by the amount of um, drainage I could do just using her methodology. Um, and after that, I had, I trained under Mauricio Krushik. Uh, he is a um, fantastic reflexologist from Israel, and I did a lot of maternity um, uh, reflexology through him. Last and but not and not the least, my ongoing study. My ongoing study is with Dr. Jesus Manzanares, and he is the glue to my entire reflexology training. His methodology is completely different. He's a medical doctor and a reflexologist, and a homeopath. And when I first signed up with his course, I did not realize the extent of what I'm going to have to learn. When I got there, it was a one-on-one -on -one training with him. It was completely different than what I had learned because he works mostly with the nerve centers. So he's done 70,000 cases, and he's mapped out the nerve centers from the feet to the brain and the areas they affect. 
How does so, he do that? Can you explain a little bit more about how he could actually understand what part of the fee were impacting? Like, share a little bit more about that. Sure, sure. So um, his biggest uh, research has been uh, when, as a doctor, when he found deposits um, in, fee- in the feet as he was treating people. Is that what people call crunchies? The, yes. Okay. They're actually deposits, and that's how he, he differentiated it. He actually dis- started dissecting the deposit and uh, took a sample of the deposit and took a sample of the um, section next to it. And once he started analyzing them, he realized that the deposits are not flat, made of fat or any other mass. They were 42% neurons. So they were actually a mass of nerve endings. And as he was doing reflexology, he was watching his patients go through MRI studies and he was watching them. And that's how he mapped whichever area he pressed, wherever he found the deposit, what organ it was refl- um, relating to and which neural pathway it was taking to the brain. And the, he was able to prove before and after his sessions the reactions of the brain patterns and the reactions of the brain patterns afterwards. So that's how he mapped it. And that's how he's done 70,000 cases. And he's a extremely well-known reflexologist in Europe, very well-known in Europe. Mm-hmm. Sounds absolutely fascinating. And I love that combination of reflexology, MD, and homeopathy and bringing that together and really using the best of all sciences to figure out how this all maps and how you can even be more prescriptive in the approach that you're taking with reflexology. Correct. Correct. And I am actually going back to Barcelona to study more with him. So I'll be back in Barcelona in end of November and studying uh, my final phase of reflexology with him. And uh, I really able, I'm wanting to help as many people as I can because I think reflexology is working with the nervous system. Acupressure is different. Acupuncture is different. They both work with the meridians of the body. Uh, massage is different, but it because it works with the fascia and the muscles. But reflexology works with the central nervous system, so it's a very subtle way of sending messages from all the reflex points in the feet back to the brain. That will send the uh, messages back to the organs to bring them back into a state of normalcy. So that's what reflexology is all about: is to help the body heal itself. Because there's healing without, within everybody's body. You just have to find the pathway to help the body heal itself. And that's what I really think reflexology does. And is, um, you just said feet. So is reflexology always only feet? No. Reflexology can be done on the feet. It can be done on the hands. It can be done on the face. And it can be done on the ears. I have just chosen to get certified in foot reflexology because that is where I feel I can reach the... Uh, I have a more expanse of reaching uh, people. I have trained in hand reflexology, not certified in it, but I'm nationally certified on the foot reflexology. Yes. All right. So one of the questions I've had is how we're using the words conventional versus traditional. And when we say conventional, we mean Western medicine or what you think of when you go to the doctor. But traditional dates far before what we consider conventional treatment has been available. So, Deepa, one of the questions I have for you is, when was reflexology created or how long has it been in existence? Well, um, it's been in existence for over 2,500 years in ancient China and in ancient India. We have ancient schools in India that actually teach Ayurvedic reflexology. Um, it 
uh, got more refined um, by the by the Chinese. And as they progressed and as India progressed, Dr. Yunus Ingram in the late 30s brought it over to United States. And she developed a different approach to it and introduced it to USA as a more um, holistic approach to reflexology. But for so many years, ancient years in China and India, it was an accepted treatment. And we're, so that brings up a good question in like, how is reflexology viewed globally? Globally, it's much more accepted and much more practiced than it is in the United States. I think in the United States, people um, recognize acupressure and acupuncture a little bit more than reflexology, but it's gaining traction. It's gaining traction. We're all out there to talk about it. I want people to, uh, to go to nationally certified reflexologists and try them, and they'll see the difference in how they feel. Um, globally, uh, in Europe, you can find reflexologists everywhere. And they've all studied varying various techniques and various degrees. There are a lot of reflexologists that also do sound therapy and yoga and different modalities to add on to their experiences um, for people. But um, I think globally, it's very accepted. And now that British, the British Nurses Union has accepted uh, Sally Kay's reflexology lymphatic drainage. So we're very excited. And... Um, in the States, there's uh, Barbara and Kevin Kunz, and they're doing extensive research now in the same MRI kind of studies with reflexology that Dr. Manzanares had done many years ago in Europe. So I'm hoping with their studies being done here in the U.S., it will become even more accepted and doctors will be able to appreciate that this is in no way a substitute for medical diagnosis or uh, a substitute for medical treatment. There's no way that we are espousing that. But what I firmly believe is that with the medical treatment, with the traditional treatment, if you add reflexology and some holistic modality to your, to your own body, the body has the ability to heal itself. And that's what we want to do. We want the body to heal itself, reduce the symptoms of any medication that I'm going through, detoxify the body, and do it in a way that's also proven scientifically. So it's a win-win situation. You know, it's interesting because um, lymphatic draining is actually when I built my chart of why I needed every single healthcare professional. And for those of you that have, have seen some of our previous uh, podcasts, you know, I had a team of 10 healthcare professionals working on me concurrently. And so every week I saw Deepa and the purpose behind seeing Deepa was to get my lymphatic draining, my lymphatic system moving because I had 61 lymph nodes removed as part of my surgery. And so she would make sure I wasn't pooling water anywhere or getting overly um, inflated or miserable and making sure I was kind of moving. But a funny story is, as I found joy during my cancer journey, um, one of the very first things I did after I started immunotherapy was I went to my first concert. And for those of you who know me, you know, live music is what sets my soul on fire. And I went to that first night and I danced and I didn't have any knee trouble. And before, halfway through the concert, I might be doubled over. I barely could walk out of most concerts. And I often go to three concerts, three nights in a row. So by the third night, I truly was so miserable. I thought, how am I going to get out of this venue? But I didn't, I realized all of a sudden my knee didn't hurt at all. So I didn't really understand it. But as Deepa mentioned, she went to visit uh, Dr. Manzanares in, um, in Spain last fall. 
And so I went a couple months without seeing her. And I recognized when I went to see live music, my knee pain came back. So as soon as she came back and I started to see her regularly again, I could see live music and no knee pain at all. So while I was going to her for lymphatic draining, what I actually learned was she's helping all sorts of different things about my around my body. But the knee pain, I'd been to countless doctors, physical therapists, et cetera, and I couldn't quite figure out how to get the pain to go away. But it was clearly an issue with my nerve system. And clearly reflex, re reflexology is the answer. Well, thank you, Julie. I'm, I'm glad that my sessions have been able to help you. But honestly, it is your acceptance of the practice. It's your acceptance and your openness to what I was doing that really helped you. And that's what, that's what people need to be. They need to be more accepting and open to it. Because when you have faith, then everything, miracles can happen. And miracles have happened with you. I'm so proud of you. Your, your joy is so infectious. Every time I leave your house, I leave smiling. I'm like, I'm always smiling. And don't forget, I do bust you when you eat too much sugar, right? Oh, that's the funny part. Okay, so here's the thing. So I, as part of my, um, Oscar put me on some tests, as you guys know, so that I could reduce the inflammation in my body. And one of the things that came out is I shouldn't be having sugar because it does create an inflammation response in my body, which can make the, the immunotherapy uh, attack some healthy organs. So one day I was at the office and one of my kind colleagues had purchased some fruit strips that were completely organic. They were all natural, yada, yada. Of course, there was some sort of agave syrup or sugar in there somewhere. But I kind of thought I buried the lead. It looks organic and it, it says all natural. And so I ate one happily and then I probably ate four more throughout the day. And I happened to see Deepa that night and she looks at me and she goes, you didn't say you've been hitting the sugar? And I'm like, I've been busted by reflexology. Like it was, you knew immediately. But Besides lymphatic draining and, of course, reducing knee pain, what are some of the other outcomes that someone could, uh, could achieve by using reflexology as part of their cancer journey? Well, I think mostly it's de we can detox the liver because, you know, all the chemotherapy and the immunotherapy, everything goes through the liver. And detoxing of the liver is extremely important. And um, I can detox it through the organ, through my organ training with Dr. Eunice Ingram. I can detox it through the nerve center training with my nerve centers with Dr. Manzanares. So that's one of the biggest things. And to also then, uh, you know, stimulate the thymus that will actually create the antibodies. So there are particular parts for every, um, every particular disease um, and especially cancer. Of course, we do the lymphatic drainage for sure, um, just to keep all the lymph nodes clean. But for everything, there is a particular protocol. And it just takes a lot of research and a lot of knowledge as to which portions of the uh, foot to touch and which will be the most. But then in the end, there's an overall therapeutic, um, you know, advantage to having it because it not only I target the areas that I need to target and then overall I give, I let the whole body come back and let all the organs sink again. One of the other side effects I would say to reflexology has been um, you are always calm me down as well. So as I can come into these appointments with my energy just flaring and wildly insane and, and thinking of a million things or sitting in stress or bringing my work to me and, and you always kind of say, just sit down and relax. And at some point during the session, I think it's when you're working on my vagus nerve, you always say, just take a few deep breaths and close your eyes for a minute. And the last two sessions, I fell asleep like in five seconds. So I laughed because um, refle re relaxation is a side effect of reflexology. And that's one I'll take all day long. So <laughs> I love that one. Okay, so 
So tell me a little bit about like, how would someone prepare for a reflexology session? There's no preparation needed. The preparation, the only preparation I need is for the person to be accepting, open-minded, and, uh, and be relaxed about it. I always go through, I remember the first time we had the session, I brought all my books and everything, and I kind of laid it all out there for you. Um, so I try to educate everybody. I also ask them to fill out intake forms so that I can go ahead and customize a session for each particular person based on what medication they're taking, based on whatever they're battling. Could be stress. It could be as simple as stress. It could be um, ADHD. It could be uh, tiddiness. It could be, you know, all kinds of different things. So as I'm going through, I'm actually working with some people who have MS. Um, I've worked with somebody who is autistic. So it just brings the body back into silence. There's actually no preparation at all. Just acceptance and that's it. And faith. That's it. That. That's it. And maybe some clean feet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that never hurt anybody for sure. No. Okay, now someone now, um, and there is a place near me that we've talked about before that um, it, they say they do foot massages and reflexology. And I've been to this place many, many times and I thought it was fabulous until I met you and I realized what real reflexology is. And then I realized they don't actually do reflexology. They do some form of, of massage, but that's about as much as I'd give them. So let's talk a little bit about how do you find someone who's reputable and good and fabulous? So what's the difference or what, is there any sort of certification that you could look at to understand kind of the best from, from, the, from, from others? Absolutely. Absolutely. I would recommend everybody try not to discount, not to discount the people that do foot massages. They do a great foot massage. It's, and they use some reflexology techniques um, because they've trained in China and it's, it comes natural to their trainings, whatever. But in the United States, we have very, very strict ethics. We have very, very strict codes. And we have the ARCB, which is the American Reflexology Certification Board. And after you do 500 hours of study, you have to submit case studies. And they will actually do look at your case studies, and then they will test you. And you have a proctor. And once they are certified, that's the, big, the best certification you can get in the United States. So I would encourage everybody to look for an AC, um, ARCB certified reflexologist who's then also, and they could be certified just in feet like I am, or they could be certified in feet, hand, ears, face, whichever area they choose to study. But they definitely know because they've gone through all the anatomy, they've gone through all the education. And the good part about this board is that um, we have to do continuing education every year. It's not like other industries like insurance where you have to do CE hours every two years. Over here, we have to submit CE hours every year. So it kind of puts you on a path to study and always be in a quest to learn more things. That's wonderful. Okay. Now, let's talk a little bit about the actual experience. So someone would come in, um, wash their feet, um, sit down in your chair, um, and then what would that experience, like, did, how does it take? Like, how long would you say the average reflexology appointment takes? Well, an average reflexology appointment, the first uh, reflexology appointment, usually I take about an hour and a half because I like to go through the intake form. And sometimes people don't fill them and send them back, but sometimes they do. So I like to go through the intake form. I like to address um, as to what exactly the people, um, the clients want to have, what their outcome is, what are they expect expecting? 
And as uh, the first session, I usually give them an overall session, which actually gives them a feel for what reflexology is so that they can get relaxed and used to my touch. I'm also a pranic healer. So I tend to balance chakras. So when I start my sessions, um, most of the time, I actually take permission because I'm only a reflexologist for the foot. So I take permission if I can touch their face, their forehead, their neck, because they, all the chakras are balanced with the endocrine system. And that's this, the additional learning from I also got from yoga because I'm a 500-hour yoga certified teacher. So I've been able to combine my pranic healing and my yoga teachings into my reflexology practice. So I start off with balancing the chakras, and that gives me a sense of what the aura is for the person of the person and what, you know, what I may sense. It's only a two, three minute process uh, for that to happen. And then I go back to the feet and it takes about an hour for the session, for the whole session to go through. So I would encourage for the first sessions to keep an hour and a half and then an hour after that. And then a lot of chit chat. Of course, of course. Yes. <laughs> okay. And you said at the beginning, you were trained in specialties around lymphatic draining, which of course I know. I think you also said maternity. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, that is correct. That's the training I took under the Marisha Kruchek Institute, the gentleman I had mentioned earlier from Israel. And it's for pregnancy and it's for childbirth and breastfeeding. So I can actually work with a person straight from the time of conception Prior to conception, also getting them prepared for conception through the pregnancy and through childbirth and through their breastfeeding protocol. So that's a very extensive training I've had. Oh, wonderful. Okay. And then now when you think about other trainings or other areas, is there anything else that you would target or anything in the future that you would say is really a growth area for you? Well, right now, I think I'm, I'm very focused on uh, completing my training with Dr. Manzanares because I think for myself, uh, I want to be able to be in the more of the medical field. I want to be able to help people with simple things like, I mean, crucial to some people, TMJ. I, you know, work on those nerve centers. So for myself, I'm focused on that and to be the best I can be for that. And we'll see where it takes us. I'm always learning. I'm always finding different things to learn. And if something comes up, of course, I'll be very interested in taking it. But for right now, just just honing my skills on this methodology that I love. Well, I love that you are focused so much in the medical industry, and I know you understand it um, from many different perspectives, both from a caregiver and from a healer, a facilitated healer, but also from a patient. And so one of the things that sets you apart and probably in one of our first conversations was I came in kind of hot and heavy, a little nervous about some things, and you kind of allayed my fears and said, I understand how you feel. I too work with an oncologist. So can you share a little bit about how being a patient has influenced your approach? Absolutely. So about two years ago, out of the blue, I was um, diagnosed with MDS, a very mild form of MDS, thankfully. And so I've always been under the care of an oncologist and she's um, always monitoring my blood and things like that. So I understand the stress and the anxiety from just the diagnosis. It does, you don't even have to get to the chemo part. You know, I saw a bone marrow transplant specialist. That was anxiety. And I actually went and got sessions with Roz because I was so anxious and she calmed me down. And I understood the gravity of 
what people are feeling when they have a diagnosis and they come to me because I've gone through this myself and I've had my teacher work on me. So I, um, so I understand it from both points of view. And it's really, um, it's really funny, but this morning I was talking to my oncologist after my meeting and we were discussing reflexology and she was so interested in what I was saying and how I was giving her the answers and all of that, that she's actually asked me to leave my flyers and my information in both of her clinics and that she would be happy to refer patients to me for people to relieve their symptoms, to do some reflexology lymphatic drainage. So I'm so proud to be able to even have that kind of endorsement. There's not that much that could make me happier than what you just said. So when I understand how hard it is at times to get some of your doctors to believe in traditional healing approaches, I love even more that your doctor not only believes in the healing you're doing, but wants you to help other patients in her clinic. So kudos to you. And of course, if you need someone to explain the value you've provided, I'm, you know, I'll be your first reference to say what a difference it's made in my life. But that really does. It's such an important thing that she is offering to her patients. And what a gift and what an acknowledgement to you, just how wonderful you really are. Thank you, Julie. Thank you. It's you've inspired me. You've inspired me to be on this journey. You've inspired me to stay on this journey. And I am spreading the word to as many people as I meet about your journey. And I'm proud to be part of it. I just cannot even begin to tell you. I'll be sharing the podcast with all of my friends. I've been sharing all your podcasts and the word's getting out. You're going out there to change the world. We're doing our best. That's for sure. All right, Deepa, what did I not ask you or what else should we know about reflexology before we wrap up this episode? No, I think we covered it pretty much in depth. I mean, the most important takeaways from the session are please find a reflexologist, uh, a certified reflexologist. Please be open to it and give it a chance. You know, give it a chance. That's all I ask. Just for to be open, you'll be amazed at the differences that a reflexologist can make. I wish it would be more accepted in mainstream America. I wish insurance companies would give it the recognition that they give massage. Um, I wish all the doctors were more understanding that other than traditional medications, the patients also need other help. You know, it's not just a pill-popping world anymore. The, and, you know, doctors unfortunately don't have that kind of holistic training. So it would be amazing for doctors to have some kind of input and be open enough um, to accept it as part of, as part of something that will help, help heal the whole patient, not just the reason for what it is. So I'm very, very gr- grateful that my oncologist um, is, believes, believes. I am as well, but I'm even more grateful that they, we have scientists finally doing the research to prove the value of reflexology um, here in the United States and that you're training under one of the best in the world, Dr. Munsonari. I'm so glad that you're spending some time with him. And when you talked about how he mapped different parts of the brain using MRI technology as he was using the footbed, it just helped allay my fears that this isn't some hippie thing. This is a well-proven, documented medical approach to healing versus treating disease. So I just want to say thank you so much for joining Uh, Mojo Rising, How to Make Cancer Suck Less, because you have certainly made my cancer journey suck less. So deeper from my heart, I just can't say thank you enough. And I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for your friendship. 
I'm so grateful for your, the facilitated healing you brought to me. And I appreciate you sharing your knowledge with the rest of the world. So thank you so much for joining us today. For all of our listeners, please tune in. We're going to be doing these sessions with several different types of facilitated healers. As you know from our podcast, this is one of our most critical toolboxes and our six toolboxes to heal. And we will continue to try and share with you information to help you build the holistic healing strategy of your dreams. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're so grateful for you. Thanks so much, Deepa, and we'll talk soon. Take care, all. Disclaimer, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on this podcast are the speaker's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of Mojo Health Cooperative, LLC, a Georgia limited liability company, its respective officers, directors, employees, agents, or representatives. This podcast is presented by Mojo Health Cooperative and cannot be copied or rebroadcast without consent. The material and information presented here is for general information purposes only and not intended to supplant the expert advice and or consultation of a medical doctor and or a licensed physician and or an attorney. In short, this podcast is not intended to replace professional medical advice nor legal advice. The Mojo Health name and all forms and abbreviation are the property of its owner and its use does not imply endorsement of or opposition to any specific organization, product, or service. Again, none of the content of this podcast should be considered legal advice nor medical advice. As always, consult a lawyer and or a licensed physician in lieu of relying upon the advice of any of the participants of this podcast. The hosts or hosts of this podcast are not licensed lawyers, physicians, doctors of osteopath, nor medical doctors in any jurisdiction anywhere. The hosts of this podcast do not practice medicine and do not profess to be able to do any of the following. One, diagnose, heal, treat, prevent, prescribe, or removing any physical, mental, or emotional ailment or supposed ailment of any individual. Two, engage in the end of human pregnancy. Three, treat human ailments. Nor four, perform acupuncture. Mojo Health Cooperative, LLC, is not responsible for any losses damages or liabilities that may arise from the use of this podcast thank you so much for joining us today if you enjoyed the ideas shared here please subscribe to this podcast and leave a five-star review on itunes and spotify please share this episode with anyone you think could benefit from the knowledge bomb we just dropped on you you can find short video clips of the best moments from this episode at mojohealth.org and on facebook instagram tiktok and youtube at mojohealth.org for more information and to access the resources we've built for patients to make cancer suck less please go to mojohealth.org and become a member of the Mojo Movement. Thanks everyone for listening and we hope this episode has got your Mojo rising.